All right, so welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Mr. Mark King from Los Angeles, California. I would put him and his skills literally up against any agent in North America because this guy is a true sales professional. So Mark, I appreciate you jumping on the show with me today. Oh, no problem. Glad you had me. I'm, I'm excited to be here, talk to the people. I love it. I love it. So you and I, we worked together for a couple months, one-on-one. -on -one. You have been in sales for a long time before real estate. Um, you've you sold a bunch of different things, right? I mean, you've been in the sales industry for how long? All my, all my working life. So I'm 35 now. So I would say 15 years. I mean, give or take, you know, maybe a year or two where you did something else. But 15 years, I've pretty much uh, been working in sales since I was 20. Yeah, got it. Okay. You are a young man, my friend. You got a lot of good years left in you. I know. I hope so. I need, I need these years to be young. You don't want to, you know, you want to get where you want to be in life. So still working to, you know, try to get where I want to be. I love it. I love it. So let's get into this, the, the nuts and bolts of why I had asked you to get on the show. You, um, with all your sales experience, getting into real estate sales, how long have you been uh, in real estate just for context purposes? Okay, so I went full-time January 16th. I got my license uh, a year now. It's been like a year and two weeks since I got my license. Uh, but yeah, January 16th is when I went full-time and, you know, try to put my hand in, the, hand in the game in real estate. And, you know, yeah, got yeah. it. So I want to focus our conversation today on your, uh, your skill set from the ability to generate opportunities over the telephone. You are a... Um, a very committed outbound prospector. You believe in it. You've produced results for yourself. Um, first off, how many conversations would you say you have on a daily basis? Well, I would say between 40 and 100. I try, I try to get 70. That's what I think. If I have no appointments, I try to get 70, 75. If I have one appointment, I still try to get 40. I never had two appointments. But if I had two appointments, I guess it'd be 20. That's how go. I have it figured out right now. I love it. So a lot of agents, let's just stay on that for a second. A lot of agents are like, I can't get anybody on the phone. But yet here you are in one of the most difficult markets to sell real estate in Los Angeles, California. And you're able to have 40, 50, 60 conversations a day. What are the best practices maybe that you could share in this podcast that, that allows you to get so many people on the phone? Yeah. I mean, number one, you got to have a schedule. So you got to be committed to doing it. Otherwise you're not. So I always show up, I, I do my schedule and my schedule is my schedule. It doesn't, I don't deviate out the schedule. Meaning if I want an appointment, fine. But if I don't have an appointment, I should be calling at that moment. I try to not get into too many uh, long conversations. I do make the mistake of doing that sometimes. And my contacts could actually be more, but um, yeah. So have a schedule, stick to it, keep calling. I mean, that's all you can do. You're trying to make, you're trying to get appointments. You're trying to meet appointments. You don't have an appointment. You have to be looking for an appointment, right? That's the only way you're going to get an appointment, which is the only way you're going to take a listing. Which that's is the right. Only way you're going to get paid. Yeah. So, so your, how long, let's talk about schedule. How, how many hours have you committed for outbound prospecting or lead generation every day? You know, like it's, it's, it's weird. That's why I have the contacts. I don't really have a certain amount of hours that I commit, but I, I am committed to working eight o'clock to seven on Mondays and Tuesday through Friday, eight to eight. So I'm not going to say that I'm calling the whole time. So if I get sidetracked, maybe I do a contract, maybe uh, I'm out on an appointment, but 
during that time, I'm, I try to prospect if I'm doing nothing. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to follow that schedule. So that's just how I do it anyway. Which Got is, it. To some people, was a tense, but for me, that's I, I'm a workaholic, so I like to work. That's right. And and you are your your level of discipline and commitment is something that nobody can take away from you. How is it, Mark, that you are so able to stay focused, fight distractions, fight all the shiny objects coming your way? Because the problem, as you know, most agents can't prospect for two, three, four hours a day because the distractions. So how are you able to fight all of the stuff coming our way as realtors? Yeah, it's, it's weird. I think because, you know, some people, I guess, have burnout, maybe because I've been doing sales for so long, I actually enjoy talking to people. So I actually enjoy that. I think at the beginning of my big problem was not knowing how real estate worked, not knowing the time it takes to get something, the follow-up, and even when you should go for an appointment and how you should go for an appointment. Yeah. So like a big part of actually working with you was the follow-up, how to generate, uh, uh, get, like talk to somebody, get an appointment from somebody who needs an appointment yeah. or how to follow up with somebody until they'll give you an appointment, which is yeah. the most important thing. You know, that was my big mistake when I first started. I was, you know, I just didn't know how real estate worked in general, but I actually yeah. like talking to people. So it was a little bit different for me. Somebody else might say, oh, I hate it. But for me, I actually like talking to people. So I actually like calling people. It's kind of backwards, I guess. Well, it's funny you say that. I'm the same way. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, they, they like to meet with people. I much prefer to, to be on the phone. And I grew up in sales on the phone. So it's so funny. You and I are, are, are very much aligned. You know, I, I'd rather prospect four, five, six hours a day and not have to go meet with anybody if I don't have to, right? So uh, it's funny you say that. So let's get into the anatomy of what I would call a, a successful sales prospecting phone call. What are some of the things that maybe you learned recently that are helping you have higher quality conversations? Now, let's chunk this down. Let's really break it down. Let's first talk about the intro and your focus. When that prospect says, hello, what is it that's going through your mind? What are some of the things that you're focused on? Maybe some of the things you're saying that's allowing you to even get in a conversation in the first place. Yeah, like I think it's really good to get your permission. That's one thing I learned from you to actually talk to them because then they're going to give you an answer that's most likely real. They can still be fake with you, but let's say that you're more likely to get a real answer. So when I when, when they pick up the phone and I say, hey, uh, yeah, hey, this is Mark with Keller Williams. I know this calls completely out of the blue, but I was hoping that's a quick question. Would that be okay? If they yep. say yes, they've committed to the conversation. That's right. right. So that's, that's exactly right. Because you're going to want to find motivation. You're going to want to find when they're selling. And you're going to want to try to set an appointment or get an email so you can follow up. But if they're, they don't want to talk to you and they hate you, then why would they give you that information in the first place? It's just one. Exactly right. So your, your goal, in other words, is to first and foremost, sell the idea of a conversation first. And because when I've asked salespeople in the past to say, listen, we have to look at the research. We have to use the science. We have to get the buy-in from the prospect by lowering their reactants, by giving them the right to say yes or no to the conversation. And to your point, when they say yes and they commit to the conversation, the likelihood of that conversation being better is just that. It's a lot more likely. When I asked you to say that, 
Were you nervous? Like, are you serious? Like, I'm so used to forcing conversations, but you're so coachable. You were able to do it. Um, have you found that you've been able to have a lot better conversations more, more times than not using Absolutely. that intro? Yeah, I mean, when you don't use the intro, you're more likely to get hung up on or get an answer and, and a hang up right after the answer, which is not what you want. You want somebody to give you an answer so you can ask another question. Um, That's right. It reminds me of your video. You had a video the day you talked about, I guess, blood sucking MFers, whatever, right? So yes. if you think about it, uh, some people, at some moments, they can be good people. Some moments, they can be MFers, right? So That's when right. you do the intro, if they're in the MFing mode, you don't have to talk to them at that point. Exactly. Somebody's in a better mode, a good person at that moment. And that's when you have a good conversation, I think. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we could have a whole podcast episode on that specific thing. But when we are giving people the freedom to make their own decisions and they self-select, yeah, I'd be open to having this conversation. Now, the conversation, whether you get an appointment or a lead or whatever the case may be, at least you can have a conversation. So many amateur salespeople that force conversations that just talk, 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 use a bunch of statements, no questions. The prospect just puts up their walls, their defenses, and they hang up. I don't want to hear this yeah. because they're taking to, that freedom away. And not to mention one extra thing, Brandon, is that uh, when you do that and you have control and you, you have better conversations, you're less likely to not want to call, meaning that you feel better too. That's right. When you when you have no control and you get all these hangups, it, it'll make you feel like that you just can't do it. It's impossible. But when you know what's coming and you say, okay, they're about to say this, this is about to happen, then you feel like you're in control. So you can kind of keep going and keep going and keep going because your emotions never really go anywhere. It's they're always even or good. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. This is another great way to help people through call reluctance. Because they feel guilty. I'm just calling people out of the blue. I'm bothering people. I don't want to be rejected. Well, guess what? When you use an opener like we're talking about, you don't ever have to be rejected because you're giving the prospect the opportunity to have the conversation or not. Either way, we're fine. So exactly. so, so once we, we've, and if you were to put a, a number on it and you'd quantify this, what percent of the time using this opener can you get into it? What, what percent of the time rather are people saying, yes, I'd be open to talking versus no, I don't want nothing to do with this. I would say 70% of the time they'll say yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's Most what we're finding too. Yes. Sometimes yeah. it could be higher, but I would say 70 and it could be higher because it's weird. It's like if I call an expired and they actually pick up the phone, it's more like a hundred percent. And it's weird because you would think it would not be, but I know for some reason they, they're still upset when they say whatever, but it's like, Hey, you know, it's like, Hey, I know you've been getting a ton of calls, but I was really hoping to ask you a quick question. Would that be okay? Exactly. And and you just say yes. Cause they already got calls. I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't get it. But well, they, what's more a higher percent of people yeah. who say, yeah. Yeah, because there's so much science behind that to, to give you the reason why and the audience the reason why is because there's, there's, there's so much at play here. But, but number one, it's the reactance that we just talked about. It's that psychological reactance that I've talked to you about so much of the time. All the other expired listing scripts for sell by owner scripts are forcing the conversation and the prospect. When we take away that freedom for people to make their own decision, they resist. They start to retract. They start to push back. So the first reason why it works so well is it's the anti-psychological reactant script. We're giving them all the freedom in the world when no other realtor did. So that's yeah. number one. Number two, 
There is no better pattern interrupt in sales, but to give the prospect the freedom that amateur salespeople don't. So it's completely different than all the other agents that are approaching that same prospect. And there's a lot more to it. But once you get into a conversation, let's kind of unpack this a little bit. So the prospect says, sure, what's up? Then where do you take the phone call to determine whether you have a lead or an appointment? Yeah, so first, well, if it's expired, you want to see if they're still open to accept an offer. If it's circle prospecting or absentees, which I call a lot of circle prospecting absentees, which is how I have so many contacts, right? There's no way I'm getting that many expires on the phone, right? Right, But right. Uh, yeah, when it's with them, uh, it's finding out if they have any plans or any thoughts or any, you know, uh, idea or would be willing in any way to sell the property, right? Yeah. So once you find out that, and if you find somebody who's already thinking about it or thinking that it's something they should do, for example, the appointment I have tomorrow was an absent is an absentee owner. Sure. He's been thinking about selling that property for years. He just hasn't been approached about it. Exactly. So, and so would you agree? It, it is not our job to convince people to sell. Oh, it's our job to find people that already made the decision to sell. Absolutely. That's the gold mine. A really hot lead that you can find to somebody like, yeah, I've been wanting to sell that for a year. Like one of the listings I got is the condo. She's yeah. been wanting to sell that property for a while. She just doesn't know any agents in this area because she lives uh, hours outside of this particular city. Yeah. But she's been wanting to sell that property for her own reasons. The point in, what I'm trying to make is that, um, yeah, if they don't have any desire to sell it and they want to keep it, I don't know what we're really going to do with that anyway. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's no motivation. There's no objection handle. That's a condition. That's not an objection, right? Exactly. So I always say this. I always say there's like three types of sellers. There's a motivated one who has to sell. There's a one that wants to sell, but they'll be reasonable with it. And there's the one that will sell that only they can get a ridiculous price, which we don't want either. And everybody else, they don't want to sell at all, no matter what you give. I love that. And you're exactly right. And we have to be very careful in which sellers we spend time with, which ones we agree to serve, and which ones we say no to. Um, so let's get into the appointment setting strategy. So when you find that there's motivation, you find that there's an appointment to be had, how do you frame that up, Mark? How, how do you get into that conversation that allows you to set so many appointments? Yeah, so you find out the timeline, motivation, uh, things like that. And when you're trying to set an appointment, I learned this from you. You know, obviously, you're not going to do anything unless it makes sense. I'd be happy to stop by the home one day this week. When I'm there, I'll show, I'll share with you a plan that will cause your home to sell for the highest price in your neighborhood. You're a smart guy. You can decide if it makes sense or not for us to work together. Let's face it. You're not doing anything unless it makes sense. Am I right? You're right. For the appointment. I love it. It's great. And, and, and that's so good that, you're, that you've been able to execute on that because it really evens the playing field between you and the seller. And you don't come across as a desperate realtor with commission breath. You've evened the playing field to say, listen, let's just have a conversation. If it makes sense, great. If not, that's okay too. And yeah. I want you to feel comfortable telling me no. And I want to have the right to also tell you no, Mr. Seller. Yeah. It's an even playing field. And what we've done is we've communicated as professionals and we've communicated that we don't need anything from them, right? It's a meeting of, of equals and we're going to have a conversation as adults because a lot of agents are, are begging and pleading for these appointments 
and they get them and these sellers have all the power over them. And it's like, they're discounting their commission to nothing to get the, it's, that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to set, we, we don't even know if we, if we, if we want to take the listing to be fair. I mean, we don't, we, we don't. don't know. We don't know. So we're not trying to list the house over the phone. Right. And so this is called conversation chunking. And to walk people through that, Mark, right. We, we sell the conversation in the opening. Yes. Then we un uncover motivation yes. and then we position and we, we, we offer our, our value to meet with no attachment to the outcome whatsoever. Would you agree? hundred percent. That's the only way you can really do it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. If you had to place one thing that has allowed you to get the most results selling over the phone, what is one skill tactic uh, that you might want to share with the audience that has served you the most? For me, well, I would say two things. Number one, the important, well, this is not, well, I've had to rank it. Number one, the follow-up system. I'm sorry. My follow-up system love was it. awful. I did not understand real estate. I was trying to get a deal today, right? Because in everything else that I sold, that's what you do. But in real estate, it's all about the follow-up, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's number one. Number two, I would say the appointment setting script. Because once you find somebody who is motivated, you need a way of going for the appointment. Because otherwise... Yeah you might use words that don't come across the right way and not get the appointment. And quite frankly, even I can be better at this sometimes. So like the better you can go for the appointment when you find a motivated seller who's open, who's talking with you, I think that's the number one skill because the more appointments you get, the more listings you'll take. And the yeah. more listings you take, the more choice you have in which listings you take. And then hopefully the ones you price them better and you get more sold and make more money. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you're right. I mean, we could do a whole thing on follow-up, but just to be clear, for the, so the audience understands, there are two activities that lead to appointments, okay? There is lead generation or first conversations, and there is lead follow-up. Those are two different conversations. Where do most of your appointments come from? Lead generation or lead follow-up? Uh Lead follow-up. That's right. What, what percent What percent come out of lead follow-up versus the first contact? If you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have said 100% lead follow-up. I would say like 99, 98% because I yeah. did have two appointments recently that came on the first call. But I mean, in general, uh, it it's all lead follow-up. Uh, That's right. Yeah. And so I would, what that I would put no stock into getting a list, uh, an appointment on the first call, even though I have one tomorrow, that was luck. But I would say in general, lead follow up. Yep. I totally agree. And that's just a good expectation for, for everybody listening that your it's called lead generation. So that first conversation typically results in a lead. That lead then goes into the follow-up system. Then your follow-up activities leads to appointments. So last question for you, Mr. King, before I let you go. If you got licensed all over again, however many years ago that was, a year ago, two years ago, you went full-time in real estate, you saw the Mark King a year ago, January 2022, with what you know now, what is the advice you give that Mark with all that you know now? I would say, hey man, uh, I would say follow up, have a follow-up system, definitely have your appointment setting scripts. And I would, I, I mean, I'll give him the whole pitch. I'll probably tell him a lot more. And then also have a presentation, also have, uh, you know, a way of transitioning from a, if you're on an appointment, any appointment that you go on, always pitch, you know, something. So have a way of transitioning from a general conversation 
to talking about real estate, no matter what appointment you have. That, that would be the advice I would give them. But again, I would say have a follow-up system, have an appointment setting script. And when you get on an appointment, always bring some value and then try to get the listing then if it's possible. And if yeah, you don't- ask for the business. Follow up. Ask right? for the business. Follow up until you get it. So yeah. that, that would be my advice. I love it, man. Well, listen, you, you, you are, I, I love working with you because you are so coachable. And a lot of people say they're coachable, but it's not, they're not really coachable. Like they just want the information to make them feel good, but they have no uh, uh, motivation to act on the coaching the way that you have. And that's why it's been such an honor coaching you because you, every week, you're just executing on the skills, the tactics, the strategies, and you're getting the results. So I appreciate you for that. Appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, I really appreciate you having me, Brandon. Obviously, uh, taking your coaching was very beneficial. And I think, you know, I mean, I know you're a very strong sales guy. So to see somebody on your level of uh, sales was actually surprising to me. And it just kind of goes to show you that there's always, you can always get a lot better. So, you know, Brandon, obviously people probably know, I hope, but Brandon is a monster in terms of sales skills. So that's you. I mean, talking about you. Yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So listen, Mark, uh, again, you, I bet you everybody that listens to this podcast episode is going to thank you and I'll thank you for all of them, but appreciate the time you spent with us. And uh, I'm sure you and I will talk soon. Sounds great. Talk soon, Mark. All right, Brandon. Bye-bye.